0: Section 13 of Actions and Reactions This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Actions and Reactions by Rudyard Kipling Little Foxes A Tale of the Gihon Hunt A fox came out of his earth on the banks of the great river Gihon, which waters Ethiopia. He saw a white man riding through the dry dura stalks, and that his destiny might be fulfilled, barked at him. The rider drew rein among the villagers round his stirrup. What said he is that? That said the sheikh of the village is a fox, O Excellency, our governor. It is not then a jackal. No jackal, but Abu Hussein, the father of cunning also the white man spoke half aloud i am mudir of this province it is true they cried yassart el mudir o excellency our governor the great river gihon well used to the moods of kings slid between his mile-wide banks towards the sea while the governor praised god in a loud and searching cry never before heard by the river When he lowered his right forefinger from behind his right ear, the villagers talked to him of their crops—barley, dura, millet, onions, and the like. The governor stood in his stirrups. North he looked up a strip of green cultivation, a few hundred yards wide, that lay like a carpet between the river and the tawny line of the desert. Sixty miles that strip stretched before him, and as many behind. At every half-mile, a groaning water-wheel lifted the soft water from the river to the crops by way of a mud-built aqueduct. A foot or so wide was the water channel. Five foot or more high was the bank on which it ran, and its base was broad in proportion. Abu Hussein, misnamed the father of cunning, drank from the river below his earth, and a shadow was long in the low sun he could not understand the loud cry which the governor had cried the sheik of the village spoke of the crops from which the rulers of all lands draw revenue but the governor's eyes were fixed between his horse's ear on the nearest water channel very like a ditch in ireland he murmured and smiled dreaming of a razor-topped bank in distant kildare encouraged by that smile the sheik continued when crops fail it is necessary to remit taxation then it is a good thing o excellency our governor that you come and see the crops which have failed and discover that we have not lied assuredly the governor shortened his reins the horse cantered on rose at the embankment of the water channel changed leg cleverly on top and hopped down in a cloud of golden dust abu hussein from his earth washed with interest he had never before seen such things assuredly the governor repeated and came back by the way he had gone it is always best to see for oneself an ancient and still bullet speckled stern wheeled steamer with a barge lashed to her side came round the river bend she whistled to tell the governor his dinner was ready and the horse seeing his fodder piled on the barge whinnied back moreover the sheik added In the days of the oppression the emirs and their creatures dispossessed many people of their lands all up and down the river our people are waiting to return to their lawful fields judges have been appointed to settle that matter said the governor they will presently come in steamers and hear the witnesses wherefore did the judges kill the emirs we would rather be judged by the men who executed god's judgment on the emirs we would rather abide by your decision o excellency our governor the governor nodded it was a year since he had seen the emirs stretch clothes and still round the reddened sheepskin where lay el ahmadi the prophet of god now there remained no trace of their dominion except the old steamer once part of a dervish flotilla which was his house and office she sidled into the shore lowered a plank and the governor followed his horse aboard Lights burned on her till late, duly reflected in the river that tugged at her mooring ropes. The governor read, not for the first time, the administration reports of one John Jorick's M.F.H. We shall need, he said, settling to his inspector, about ten couple. I'll get him when I go home. You'll be whipped, Baker? The inspector, who was not yet twenty-five, signified his assent in the usual manner, while Abu Hussein barked at the vast desert moon. Ha! said the governor, coming out in his pyjamas, we'll be giving you kepivi in another month, my friend. It was four, as a matter of fact, ere a steamer with melodious barge full of hounds anchored at that landing. The inspector leaped down among them, and the homesick wanderers received him as a brother. Everybody fed him everything on board ship, but there are real dainty hounds at bottom the governor explained. That's royal you've got hold of, the pick of the bunch. And the bitch that's got hold of you, she's a little excited, is May Queen Merriman. Out of Coatsman Maudlin? you know. I know. Grand old betch with the tan eyebrows, the inspector cooed. Oh, Ben, I shall take an interest in life now. Hark to him. Oh, hark. Abu Hussein, under the high bank, went about his night's work and eddie carried his scent to the barge and three villagers heard the crash of music that followed even then abu hussein did not know better than to bark in reply well what about my province the governor asked not so bad the inspector answered with royals head between his knees of course all the villagers want remission of taxes but as far as i can see the whole country's stinking with foxes our trouble will be chomping em in cover i've got a list of the only villages entitled to any remission what do you call this flat-sided blue mottled beast with the jowl beagle boy i have my doubts about him do you think we can get two days a week easy and as many buys as you please the sheik of this village here tells me that his barley has failed and he wants a fifty percent remission we'll begin with him tomorrow and look at his crops as we go nothing like personal supervision said the governor they began at sunrise the pack flew of the barge in every direction and after gambols dug like terriers at abu hussein's many earths then they drank themselves pot-bellied on gihon river while the governor and the inspector chastised them with whips scorpions were added for may queen nosed one and was removed to the barge lamenting Mystery, a puppy alas met a snake and the blue mottled beagle boy never a dainty hound ate that which he should have passed by only royal of the bellwar tan head and the sad discerning eyes made any attempt to uphold the honour of england before the watching village you can't expect everything said the governor after breakfast we got it though everything except foxes have you seen may queen's nose said the inspector and mystery's dead we'll keep coupled next time till we get well in among the crops i say what a babbling body snatcher that beagle boy is ought to be drowned. They worry people so damn casual hereabouts. Give him another chance, the inspector pleaded, not knowing that he should live to repent most bitterly. Talking of chances, said the governor, this sheik lies about his barley being a failure. If it's high enough to hide a hound at this time of the year, it's all right. And he wants a 50% remission, you said? You didn't go on past the melon patch, where I tried to turn wanderer. It's all burnt up from there on to the desert his other water-wheel has broken down too the inspector replied very good we'll split the difference and allow him twenty five per cent off where will we meet him tomorrow? there's some trouble among the villages down the river about their land titles it's going good ground there too the inspector said the next meet then was some twenty miles down the river and the pack were not enlarged till they were fairly among the fields abu hussein was there in force four of them four delirious hunts of four minutes each four hounds per fox ended in four earths just above the river all the village looked on we forgot about the earths the banks are riddled with them this'll defeat us said the inspector wait a moment the governor drew forth the sneezing hound i've just remembered i'm governor of these parts then turn out a black battalion to stop for us we'll need him, old man the governor straightened his back. Give ear, O oh people, he cried. I make a new law. The villagers closed in. He called. Henceforth, I will give one dollar to the man on whose land Abu Hussein is found, and another dollar, he held up the coin, to the man on whose land these dogs shall kill him. But to the man on whose land Abu Hussein shall run into a hole, such as is this hole, I will give not dollars, but a most unmeasurable beating. Is it understood? Oh, Excellency, a man stepped forward. On my land, Abu Hussein was found this morning. Is it not so, brothers? None denied. The governor tossed him over four dollars without a word. On my land, they all went into their holes, cried another. Therefore, I must be beaten. Not so. The land is mine, and mine are the beatings. This second speaker thrust forward, his shoulders already bared, and the villagers shouted, Hello, two men anxious to be licked? there must be some swindle about the land said the governor then in local vernacular what are your rights to the beating as a river reach changes beneath a slant of the sun that which has been a scattered mob changed to a court of most ancient justice the hounds tore and sobbed at abu san's heartstone, all unnoticed among the legs of the witnesses and gihon also accustomed to laws purred approval you will not wait till the judges come up the river to settle the dispute said governor at last no shouted all the village save the man who had first asked to be beaten we will abide by our excellency's decision let our excellency turn out the creatures of the emirs who stole our lands in the days of the oppression and thou sayest the governor turned to the man who had first asked to be beaten i say i will wait till the wise judges come down in the steamer then i will bring my many witnesses he replied he is rich he will bring many witnesses the village sheik muttered no need thy own mouth condemns thee the governor cried no man lawfully entitled to his land would wait one hour before entering upon it stand aside the man fell back and the village jeered him the second claimant stooped quickly beneath the lifted hunting crop the village rejoiced oh such a one son of such an one said the governor prompted by the sheikh learn from the day when i sent the order to block up all the holes where abu hussein may hide on thy land the light flick's end the man stood up triumphant by that accolade had the supreme government acknowledged his title before all men while the village praised the perspicacity of the governor a naked pock-marked child stood forth to the earth and stood on one leg unconcerned as a young stork hal he said hands behind his back this should be blocked up with bundles of stalks, or better bundles of thorns better thorns said the governor thick ends innermost the child nodded gravely and squatted on the sand an evil day for thee Habu hussein he shrilled into the mouth of the earth a day of obstacles to thy flagitious returns in the morning who is it the governor asked the sheikh it thinks farag the fatherless his people were slain in the days of oppression. the man to whom our excellency has awarded the land is as it were his maternal uncle will it come with me and feed the big dogs said the governor the other peering children drew back run they cried our excellency will feed farag to the big dogs i will come said farag and i will never go he threw his arm round royal's neck and the wise beast licked his face benjamin by jove the inspector cried no said the governor i believe he has the makings of a james pig farag waved his hand to his uncle and led royal on to the barge the rest of the pack followed Gihon, that had seen many sports learned to know the hunt barge well he met her rounding his bends on a grey december dawns to music wild and lamentable as the almost forgotten throbe of dervish drums when high above the royal's tenor bell sharper even than lying beagle's boy's falsetto break farag chanted deathless war against abu hussein and all his seed at sunrise the river would shoulder her carefully into her place and listen to the rush and scutter of the pack fleeing up the gangplank and the tramp of the governor's arab behind them they would pass over the brow into the dewless crops where low and shrunken could only guess what they were about when abu hussein flew down the bank to scratch at the stopped earth and flew back into the barley again as farag had foretold it was evil days for abu hussein ere he learned to take the necessary steps and to get away crisply sometimes gihon saw the whole procession of the hunt silhouetted against the morning blue bearing him company for many merry miles at every half-mile the horses and the donkeys jumped the water-channels up on changer-leg and off again like figures in Zotrope till they grew small among the line of water-wheels then gibbon waited their rustling return through the crops and took them to rest on his bosom at ten o'clock while the horses ate and Farag slept with his head on royal's flank the governor and his inspector worked for the good of the hunt and his province after a little time there was no need to beat any man for neglecting his earths the steamer's destination was telegraphed from water-wheel to water-wheel and the villagers stopped out and put to according if an earth were overlooked it meant some dispute as to the ownership of the land and then and there the hunt checked and settled it in this wise the governor and the inspector side by side but the latter half a horse's length to the rear both bare-shouldered claimants well in front, the villagers half-mooned behind them, and Farag with the pack, who quite understood the performance, sitting down on the left. Twenty minutes were enough to settle the most complicated case, for as the governor said to the judge on the steamer, one gets at the truth in a hunting field a heap quicker than in your law courts. But when the evidence is conflicting, the judge suggested, "Wash the field. They'll throw tongue fast enough if you're running a wrong scent. You've never had an appeal from one of my decisions yet. The sheikhs on horseback, the lesser folk on clever donkeys, the children so despised by Farag soon understood that villages which repaired their water wheels and channels stood highest in the governor's favor. He bought their barley for his horses. Channels, he said, are necessary that we may all jump them. They are necessary, moreover, for the crops. Let there be many wheels and sound channels and much good barley without money replied an aged sheik there are no water-wheels i will lend the money said governor at what interest o our excellency take you two of may queen's puppies to bring up in your village in such a manner that they do not eat filth nor loose their hair nor catch fever from lying in the sun but become wise hounds like Royal, not like biggleby already it was an insult along the river to compare a man to the shifty anthropophagus blue-modelled harrier certainly like Royal, not in the least like biggleby that shall be on the interest on the loan let the puppies thrive and the water-wheel be built and i shall be content said the governor the wheel shall be built but oh, our excellency if our gods favour the pups grow to be well smelters not filth eaters not unaccustomed to their names not lawless who will do them and me justice at the time of judging the young dogs Hounds, man, hounds, hawans, O oh, sheik, we call them in their manhood. The hawans, when they judged are at the shaho. I have unfriends down the river to whom our excellency has also entrusted hawans to bring up. Puppies, man, puppies, we shall call them, O oh, sheik, in their childhood. Papit my enemies may judge my puppies unjustly at the shaho. This must be thought of. I see the obstacle. Here now. If the new water wheel is built in a month without oppression, thou, O Sheik, shalt be named one of the judges to judge the puppies at the Shaho. Is it understood? Understood. We will build the wheel. I and my seed are responsible for the payment of the loan. Where are my puppies? If they eat fowl, must they on any account eat the feathers? On no account must they eat the feathers. Frog and the barge will tell thee how they are to live there is no instance of any default in the governor's personal and unauthorized loans for which they call him the father of water-wheels but the first puppy-show at the capital needed enormous tact and the presence of a black battalion stentatiously drilling in the barrack square to prevent trouble after the price-giving but who can chronicle the glories of the gihon hunt or their shames who remembers the kill in the market-place when the governor bade the assembled sheikhs and warriors observe how the hounds would instantly devour the body of abu hussein but how when he had scientifically broken it up the weary pack turned from it in loathing and farag wept because he said the world's face had been blackened what men who have not yet ridden beyond the sound of any horn recall the midnight run which ended beagle-boy leading among tombs the hasty whip-off and the oath taken a bow a bone to forget the worries the desert run when abu hussein forsook the cultivation and made a six-mile point to earth in a desolate core when strange armed riders on camels swooped out of a ravine and instead of giving battle offered to take the tired hounds home on their beasts which they did and vanished above all who remembers the death of royal when a certain sheik wept above the body of stainless hound as it might have been his son's and that day the hunt rode no more the badly kept logbook says little of this but at the end of their second season forty-nine brace appears the dark entry new blood badly wanted they are beginning to listen to beagle-boy the inspector attended to the matter when his leave fell due remember said the governor you must get us the best blood in england real dainty hounds expense no object but don't trust your own judgment present my letters of introduction and take what they give you the inspector presented his letters in a society where they make much of horses more of hounds and are tolerably civil to men who can ride they passed him from house to house mounted him according to his merits, and fed him, after years of goat-chop and Worcester sauce, perhaps a thought too richly. The seat or castles where he made his great coup does not much matter. Four masters of fox-hounds were at table, and in a mellow hour, the inspector told them stories of the Gihon hunt. He ended. Ben said I wasn't to trust my own judgment about hounds, but I think there ought to be a special tariff for empire-makers. As soon as his host could speak, they reassured him on this point. And now tell us about your first puppy show all over again, said one. And about the earth-stopping. Was that all Ben's own invention, said another. Wait a moment, said a large, clean-shaven man, not an M.F.H., at the end of the table. Are your villagers habitually beaten by your governor when they fail to stop foxes' holes? The tone and the phrase were enough even if, as the inspector confessed afterwards, the big blue double chinned man had not looked so like Beagle Boy. He took him on for the honor of Ethiopia. We only had twice a week, sometimes three times. I have never known a man chastised more than four times a week unless there is a buy. The large loose-lipped man flung his napkin down, came around the table and cast himself into a chair, next to the inspector and leaned forward earnestly so that he breathed in the inspector's face chastised with what he said with the corbash on the feet a corbash is a strip of old hippo hide with a sort of keel on it like the cutting edge of a boar's tusk but we use the rounded side for a first offender and do any consequences follow this sort of thing for the victim i mean not for you very rarely let me be fair i have never seen a man die under the lash but gangrene may set up if the corbash has been pickled pickled in what all the table was still and interested in copperas of course didn't you know that said the inspector thank god i didn't the large man sputtered visibly the inspector wiped his face and grew bolder you mustn't think we're careless about our earth-stoppers we've a hunt fund for hot tar Tars a splendid dressing if the toenails aren't beaten off. But hunting as large a country as we do, we may not be back at the village for a month. And if the dressings ain't renewed and gangrene sets in, often as not you find your man pegging about on his stumps. We've a well-known local name for him down the river. We call him the Mudir's Cranes. You see, I persuaded the governor only to bastinado on one foot on one foot the mudir's crane the large man turned purple to the top of his bald head would you mind giving me the local word for mudir's cranes from a too well-stocked memory the inspector drew one short adhesive word which surprises by itself even unblushing ethiopia he spelt it out saw the large man write it down on his cuff and withdraw then the inspector translated a few of its significations and implications to the four masters of foxhounds he left three days later with eight couple of the best hounds in england a free and a friendly and an ample gift from four packs to the gihon hunt he had honestly meant to undeceive the large blue mottled man but somehow forgot about it the new draft marks a new chapter in the hunt's history from an isolated phenomena in a barge it became a permanent institution with brick-built kennels ashore and an influence social political and administrative could terminus with the boundaries of province then the governor departed to england where he kept a pack of real dainty hounds but never ceased to long for the old lawless lot his successors were ex-officio masters of the gihon hunt as all inspectors were whips for one reason the kennel huntsmen in khaki and putties would obey nothing under the rank of an excellency and the hounds would obey no one but frag for another the best way of estimating crop returns and revenues was by riding straight to hounds for a third though judges down the river issued signed and sealed land titles to all lawful owners yet public opinion along the river never held any such title valid till it had been confirmed according to the precedent by the governor's hunting crop in the hunting-field above the wilfully neglected earth true the ceremony had been cut down to three mere taps on the shoulder but governors who tried to evade that much found themselves and their office compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses who took up their time with lawsuits and worse still neglected the puppies The older sheikhs indeed stood out for the unmeasurable beatings of the old days. The sharper the punishment, they argued, the surer the title. But here the land of modern progress was against them, and they contented themselves with telling tales of Ben the first governor, whom they called the father of water-wheels, and of that heroic age when men, horses, and hounds were worth following. This same modern progress which brought dog biscuits and brass-water taps to the kennels was at work all over the world forces activities and movements sprang into being agitated themselves coalesced and in one political avalanche overwhelmed a bewildered and not in the least intending it england the echoes of the new era were borne into the province on the wings of inexplicable cables the gihon hunt read speeches and sentiments and policies which amazed them and they thanked god prematurely that their province was too far off too hot and too hard worked to be reached by those speakers or their policies but they with others underestimated the scope and purpose of the new era one by one the provinces of the empire were hauled up and baited hit and held lashed under the belly and forced back on their haunches for the amusement of their new masters in the parish of westminster one by one they fell away sore and angry to compare stripes with each other at the end of the uneasy earth even so the Gihan hunt like abu hussein in the old days did not understand then it reached them through the press that they habitually flogged to death good revenue paying cultivators who neglected to stop earths but that the few the very few who did not die under hippo-hide whips soaked in caparice walked about on their gangrenous ankle-bones and were known in derision as the medir's cranes the charges were vouched for in the house of commons by a mr lethabi Groombride, who had formed a committee and was disseminating literature the province groaned the inspector now an inspector of inspectors whistled he had forgotten the gentleman who sputtered in people's faces he shouldn't have looked so like beagleboy was his sole defence when he met the governor at breakfast on the steamer after a meet you shouldn't have joked with an animal of that class said peter the governor look what farag has brought me it was a pamphlet signed on behalf of a committee by a lady secretary but composed by some person who thoroughly understood the language of the province after telling the tale of the beatings it recommended all the beaten to institute criminal proceedings against their governor and as soon as might be to rise against english oppression and tyranny such documents were new in ethiopia in those days the inspector read the last half-page. But, but, he stammered, this is impossible. White men don't write this sort of stuff. Don't they just, said the governor? They get made cabinet ministers for doing it, too. I went home last year, I know. It'll blow over, said the inspector weakly. Not it. Groombride is coming down here to investigate the matter in a few days. For himself. The imperial government's behind him. Perhaps you would like to look at my orders? The governor laid down an uncoated cable. The whiplash to it ran. You will afford Mr. Groombright every facility for his inquiry, and will be held responsible that no obstacles are put in his way to the fullest possible examination of any witnesses which he may consider necessary. He will be accompanied by his own interpreter, who must not be tampered with that's to me governor of the province said peter the governor it seems about enough the inspector answered farag kennel huntsman entered the saloon as was his privilege my uncle who was beaten by the father of water-wheels would approach o excellency he said and there are others on the bank admit said the governor there are trampled upward shakes and villagers to the number of seventeen In each man's hand was a copy of the pamphlet, in each man's eye, terror, and uneasiness of the sort, that governors spend and are spent to clear away. Farab's uncle, now sheikh of the village, spoke, It is written in this book, Excellency, that the beatings whereby we hold our lands are all valueless. It is written that every man who receives such a beating from the father of water-wheels, who slow the emirs, should instantly begin a lawsuit, because the title to his land is still valid it is so written we do not wish lawsuits we wish to hold the land as it was given to us after the days of the oppression they cried the governor glanced at the inspector this was serious to cast doubt on the ownership of the land means in ethiopia the letting in of waters and the getting out of troops your titles are good said the governor the inspector confirmed with a nod then what is the meaning of these writings which came from down the river where the judges are farag's uncle waved his copy by whose order are we ordered to slay you o excellency our governor it is not written that you are to slave me not in those very words but we leave an earth unstopped it is the same as though we wished to save abu hussein from the hounds these writings say abolish your rulers how can we abolish except we kill we hear rumors of one who comes from down the river soon to lead us to kill fools said the governor your titles are good this is madness it is so written they answered like a pack listen said the inspector smoothly i know who caused the writings to be written and sent he is a man of blue mottled jowls in aspect like biggleby who ate unclean matters he will come up the river and will give tongue about the beatings will he impeach our land titles an evil day for him go slow baker the governor whispered they'll kill him if they get scared about their land i tell a parable the inspector lit a cigarette declare which of you took to walk the children of milkmaid milkmaid first or second said farag quickly the second the one which was lamed by the thorn no no milkmaid the second strained her shoulder leaping my water channel a sheik cried milkmaid the first was lamed by the thorns on the day when our excellency fell thrice true true the second milkmaid's mate was malvolio the pied hound said the inspector i had two of the second milkmaid's pups said farag's uncle they died of madness in their ninth month and how did they do before they died said the inspector they ran about in the sun and slavered at the mouth till they died wherefore god knows he sent the madness it was no fault of mine thy own mouth hath answered thee the inspector laughed it is with men as it is with dogs god afflicts some with a madness it is no fault of ours if such men run about in the sun and froth at the mouth the man who is coming will emit spray from his mouth in speaking and will always edge and push in towards his hearers when you see him and hear him you will understand that he is afflicted of god being mad he is in god's hands "'But our titles, are our titles to our lands good?' the crowd repeated. "'Your titles are in my hands. They are good,' said the governor. "'And he who wrote the writings is an afflicted of God?' said Farag's uncle. "'The inspector had said it,' cried the governor. "'You'll see when the man comes, O oh, shakes and men. "'Have we ridden together and walked puppies together "'and bought and sold barley for the horses that after these years "'we should run riot on the scent of a madman, an afflicted of God?' but the hunt pays us to kill mad jackals," said pharaoh's uncle and he who questions my titles to my land ah were a riot the governor's hunting crop cracked like a three-pounder by allah he thundered if the afflicted of god come to any harm at your hands i myself will shoot every hound and every puppy and the hunt shall ride no more on your heads be it go in peace and tell the others the hunt shall ride no more said pharaoh's uncle "And how can the land be governed no no o excellency our governor we will not harm a hair on the head of the afflicted of god he shall be to us as is abu hussein's wife in the breeding season when they were gone the governor mopped his forehead we must put a few soldiers in every village this groom bride visits baker tell him to keep out of sight and have an eye on the villagers he's trying him rather high o excellency said the smooth voice of farag laying the field and country life square on the table is the afflicted of god who resembles biggle by one with the man whom the inspector met in the great house in england and to whom he told the tale of the mudir's crane the same man farag said the inspector i have often heard the inspector tell the tale to our excellency at feeding time in the kennels but since i am in the government service i have never told it to my people may i lose that tale among the villagers the governor nodded no harm said he the details of mr groombride's arrival with his interpreter whom he proposed should eat with him at the governor's table his allocution to the governor on the new movement and the sins of imperialism i purposely omit at 3 in the afternoon mr groombride said i will go out now and address your victims in this village won't you find it rather hot said the governor they generally take a nap at sunset at this time of the year mr groombride's large loose lips said that he replied pointedly would be enough to decide me i fear you have not quite mastered your instructions may i ask you to send for my interpreter i hope he has not been tampered with by your subordinates he was a yellowish boy called abdul who had well eaten and drunk with farag the inspector by the way was not present at the meal at whatever risk i shall go unattended said mr groombride your presence would cow them from giving evidence. Abdul, my good friend, would you very kindly open the umbrella? He passed up the gangplank to the village, and with no more prelude than a Salvation Army picket in a Portsmouth slum cried, Oh, my brothers! He did not guess how his path had been prepared. The village was widely awake, Farag, in loose, flowing garments, quite unlike a kennel's huntsman's cocky and putties, leaned against the wall of his uncle's house. Come and see the afflicted god, he cried musically, whose face indeed resembles that of Bickleby. The village came and decided that, on the whole, Farag was right. I can't quite catch what they're saying, said Mr. Groomsbride. They're saying they're very much pleased to see you, sir, Abdul interpreted. Then I do think they might have sent a deputation to the steamer, but I suppose they were frightened of the officials. Tell them not to be frightened, Abdul. He says you are not to be frightened, Abdul explained. A child here spluttered with laughter. Refrain from mirth, Farag cried. The afflicted of God is the guest of the excellency, our governor. We are responsible for every hair of his head. He has none, a voice spoke. He has the white and shining mange now tell them what i have come for abdul and please keep the umbrella well up i think i shall reserve myself for my little vernacular speech at the end approach look listen abdul chanted the afflicted of god will now make sport presently he will speak in your tongue and will consume you with mirth i have been his servant for three weeks i will tell you about his undergarments and his perfumes for his head he told them at length and didst thou take any of his perfume bottles said farag at the end i am his servant i took two abdul replied ask him said farag's uncle what he knows about our land titles Ye you young men are all alike he waved the pamphlet mr groom's bride smiled to see how the seed sown in london had borne fruit by gihan lo all the seniors held copies of the pamphlet "'He knows less than a buffalo. "'He told me on the steamer "'that he was driven out of his own land by Demar Karazi, "'which is a devil inhabiting crowds and assemblies,' said Abdul. "'Allah, between us and evil,' "'a woman cackled from the darkness of a hut, "'come in, children, he may have the evil eye.' "'No, my aunt,' said Farag, "'no afflicted of God has an evil eye. "'Wait till you hear his mirth-provoking speech "'which he will deliver. "'I have heard it twice from Abdul.' they seem very quick to grasp the point how far have you got abdul all about the beating sir they are highly interested don't forget about the local self-government and please hold umbrella over me it is hopeless to destroy unless one first builds up he may not have the evil eye farab's uncle grunted but his devil led him too certainly to question my land title ask him whether he still doubts my land title or mine or mine cried the elders what odds he is an afflicted of god our called remember the tale i told you yes but he is an englishman and doubtless of influence or our excellency would not entertain him bid the down-country jackass ask him sir said abdul these people much fearing they may be turned out of their land in consequence of your remarks therefore they ask you to make promise no bad consequences following your visit Mr. Groombride held his breath and turned purple. Then he stamped his foot. Tell them, he cried, that if a hair of any one of their heads is touched by an official, on any account, whatever, all England shall ring with it. Good God, what callous oppression! The dark places of the earth are full of cruelty. He wiped his face, and throwing out his arms, cried, Tell them, oh, tell the poor serfs not to be afraid of me. Tell them I come to redress their wrongs, not heaven knows to add to their burden. The long-drawn gurgle of the practiced public speaker pleased them much. That is how the new water tap runs out in the kennel, said frog, The Excellency our governor entertains him that he may make sport. Make him say the mirth-moving speech. What did he say about my land titles? Frog's uncle was not to be turned. He says, Farag interpreted, that he desires nothing better than you should live on your lands in peace. He talks as though he believed himself to be governor. Well we here are all witnesses to what he has said now go forward with the sport for Ab's uncle smoothed his garments how diversely had allah made his creatures on one he bestows strength to slay emirs; another he causes to go mad and wander in the sun like the afflicted sons of Melekmaid, yes and to emit spray from the mouth as the inspector told us all will happen as the inspector foretold said farag i've never yet seen the inspector thrown out during any run i think abdul plucked at mr groom's bride's sleeves i think perhaps it is better now sir if you give your fine little native speech they not understanding english but much pleased at your condescensions Condescensions, Mr. Groombride spun around. If they only knew how I felt towards them in my heart. If I could express a tithe of my feelings, I must stay here and learn the language. Hold up the umbrella, Abdul. I think my little speech will show them I know something of their vile time. It was a short, simple, carefully learned address, and the accent, supervised by Abdul on the steamer, allowed the hearers to guess its meaning which was a request to see one of the Madeira's cranes since the desire of the speaker's life the object to which he would consecrate his days was to improve the condition of the Madeira's cranes but first he must behold them with his own eyes would then his brethren whom he loved show him a Madeira's crane whom he desired to love once twice and again in his preparation he repeated his demand using always that they might see he was acquainted with their local argot using always i say the word which the inspector had given him in england long ago the short adhesive word which by itself surprises even unblushing ethiopia there are limits to the sublime politeness of an ancient people a bulky blue-chinned man in white clothes his name red-lettered across his lower shirt-front spluttering from under a green-lined umbrella almost tearful appeals to be introduced to the unintroducible naming loudly the unnameable dancing as it seemed in perverse joy at merry mention of the unmentionable found those limits there was a moment's hush and then such mirth as gian through his centuries had never heard a roar like the roar of his own cataracts and flood children cast themselves on the ground and rolled back and forth cheering and whooping strong men their faces hid in their clothes swayed in silence till the agony became unsupportable and they threw up their hands and bayed at the sun women mothers and virgins shrilled shriek upon mounting tried to draw breath some half-strangled voice would quack out the word and the riot began afresh last to fall was the city trained of he held on to the edge of apoplexy then collapsed throwing an umbrella from him mr groombread should not be judged too harshly Exercise and strong emotion under a hot sun the shock of public ingratitude for the moment rued his spirit he furled the umbrella and with it beat the prostate abdul crying that he had been betrayed in which posture the inspector on horseback followed by the governess suddenly only found him that's all very well said the inspector when he had taken abdul's dramatically dying depositions on the steamer but you can't hammer a native merely because he laughs at you. I see nothing for it but the law to take its course. You might reduce the charge to, er, tampering with an interpreter, said the governor. Mr. Groombride was far too gone to be comforted. It's the publicity that I fear, he wailed. Is there no possible means of hushing up the affair? You don't know what a question, a single question in the house, means to a man of my position, the ruin of my political career, I assure you i shouldn't have imagined it said the governor thoughtfully and though perhaps i ought not to say it i am not without honour in my own country or influence a word in season as you know your excellency it might carry an official far the governor shuddered yes that had to come too he said to himself well look here if i tell this man of yours to withdraw the charge against you you can go to gehenna for aught i care the only condition i make is that if you write i suppose that's part of your business about your travels you don't praise me so far, Mr. Groombride has loyally adhered to this understanding. End of section thirteen.